0: We have a new sale on uh, baked beans and Oreos down on aisle three. And also to the owner of the Blue Ford Focus out in the front, your lights are on. Again, that's the Blue Ford Focus, your lights are on. Again, that is a sale on baked beans and Oreos.
1: And welcome to another edition of the Creepin' Real Horror Cast. I'm your host, Meg.
0: I am Lunchbox.
1: And uh, that got silly. I liked it, <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um,
0: and to be honest, to the person that owns that blue Ford Focus, they're gonna. shut your
1: fucking lights off. They're
0: gonna go, holy shit, I gotta look outside my window. <laughs> he fucking knows.
1: I'm gonna blow their
0: mind for that one person.
1: Who might have their lights on in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. so, so, anyway, if this is your first time, welcome to the show. I
0: just dribbled on myself, took a sip of my fanta, and it's all over my face. Who
1: loves orange soda? Craig loves, loves orange
0: soda. soda. I do, I do, I
1: do. Ew. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, before we get into the episode, thank you again for joining us. If this is your first time, welcome, as I mentioned, but you know, he was too busy drooling on himself. I'm Sorry. Um, join us on social media Instagram, Facebook, and Slasher at Creepin' It Real. You can email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com if you have a movie suggestion or if you'd like to sponsor an episode. And if you want to buy the merch, because we have some excellent merch, Go to creepinitreal.redbubble.com or you can click the link in the Instagram bio to get yourself some sweet, sweet T-shirts. So this week was your pick,
0: you. And
1: uh, this one's a deep cut.
0: Yeah. This one we, uh, we had to
1: reach into the uh, the way way back machine and the deep deep machine to get.
0: Yeah. We um we were going to do the burning. And I was excited about that.
1: Except like it's not streaming anywhere.
0: No, we couldn't find it anywhere streaming, and so I'm going to have to order it. It is on our list. We will be doing it.
1: Just not right now.
0: However, this is another movie that I – that was on my list for a longest time, and finally I was like, I, you know, this would be the perfect opportunity to go ahead and knock this one, check it off the list. hmm Put a notch on the bedpost, you know that Whatever. whole that whole thing. Whatever
1: euphemism works.
0: And so this uh, we're we're going with Intruder uh, from 1989. Yep. And um, the reason that I picked this one was I remember going through uh, Fye. We still have one here in Florida, and I absolutely love going through the movie aisle and like just finding random stuff that you know I might have never seen before or, you know, just you know, have never. And I came across this one and I was very shocked that I've never heard about it. And I'm assuming that I, I believe that this one actually has a pretty good cult following. But again, it's in any conversation I've never heard anybody speak of intruder.
1: Yeah, you know? this one We'll be into the pertinence first and we'll kind of dissect that a little bit. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll get back into that once you get into so, that.
1: So, Intruder was released January 13th, 1989. It was made for a budget of about $130,000. It was made for like no money. Um, it was filmed after hours in a grocery store in Michigan. The director, it was written and directed by Scott Spiegel, who is a Sam Raimi cohort. The movie stars Elizabeth Cox as Jennifer, Renee Estevez as Linda. Dan Hicks as Bill, David Burns as Craig, Sam Raimi as Randy. That's right. Yep, that's Sam Raimi.
0: Sam Raimi.
1: Eugene Glazer as Danny, um, and Ted Raimi oh, as Produce Joe.
0: Double Raimi.
1: Yeah, we get...
0: Raimi it's, squared.
1: It's a two-for-one Raimi special. Mmm. Yeah, BOGO.
0: Sale on Raimis.
1: So, there's a couple of issues that this film ran into. The first one is it came out in 1989. It's a slasher movie that came out in 1989. So the boom is fucking over. The market has been beyond oversaturated, and the audience that would have been for this movie maybe five years prior no longer cares because the horror market was almost complete, almost all slasher movies in one vein or another. And they were, it was the law of diminishing returns. Each one got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And at this point, 1989, we've already had some of the worst of the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels, the worst of the Jason sequels. Um,
0: and and the, they got really into the comedy and it yeah. stopped and it stopped being scary. And yeah. that really uh, hindered the, and the slasher.
1: Plus the glut of the knockoffs of all of those movies, all of the Halloween, Friday the 13th knockoffs of like My Bloody Valentine, April Fool's Day, Sleepaway Camp. Summer Party Massacre and all of the plus like B, C, D list films at that point. So the fact that it came out in 1989 was already strike against it. Yeah. And then probably the most egregious flaw is the fact that top billing, literally on the box, top billing is Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. Now, Sam Raimi is a supporting character at best, at best, and a peripheral one. More of a peripheral
0: yeah, character. The, Ted Ted is uh, more of a of a figure in the movie.
1: Yeah, basically the Ramies are there because they're friend. You know, I guess they're friends with Spiegel or they've worked with Spiegel before, well, and they were just there. Basically, their buddy count. Their not fodder. The,
0: the director, what's his
1: Scott Spiegel. Yeah,
0: Scott. He is a co writer on Evil Dead Two. Yeah. So they're all buddies. Yeah. And that's the thing is so like So it
1: was like how do I get yeah how do I get filler characters on the cheap. You call on your friends, right?
0: Well, it's Adam Sandler method, right?
1: Basically, um,
0: <laughs> it's Happy Madison. Yeah,
1: pre pre Happy Madison. This is this is the same idea. We're all working with each yeah. other. Um, and then Bruce Campbell was a glorified cameo in the last maybe five minutes of the movie. He plays a cop, and he it's it's he shows up. And if you're not really paying attention at that point, you're gonna miss him. He's just there for a few minutes to arrest some people at the end. So there was two things that this movie had done wrong, and those are really the two things. Outside of that, because I think this was distributed by Paramount, Yep. if you ignore the bait and switch and you kind of forget that this just had really bad timing in terms of release, this movie ticks all the slasher boxes.
0: Oh, heavily. And and that was something where having Bruce Campbell and Sam on the, on the box art, that's at FYE, that's what I saw. I was like, how did I not know this?
1: Because they're not really in the movie.
0: And that's where I was just <laughs> like, it was like I've heard, like I mean, it's like I've seen like stuff online where it's like, oh, like this movie is fantastic. That's got yeah. that cult following. And then on top of that, with the the Bruce and Cam, you know and Sam, I'm like, holy shit! Like, why I need to see this right now. And then, like, I ended up having to like, I did that thing I always do where I put the movie up, and I, you know, I it's maybe like, there's
1: something else. Do yeah. I
0: really need that steel, you know, the booklet for Jaws or you know the, the steel the all- book
1: for Killer Clowns? Yeah,
0: something. It's like, do I really need like I had to like pick and choose, and like, I put it up. So when it came up on a list of slasher movies, I was like, oh shit, this would be perfect time to watch it. And yes, this movie, they created it to. Kind of bring back that slasher genre, not being the, s- like the silly. The most
1: serious. Yeah, they yeah. wanted it
0: like because with Sam and those guys, the writing like with Evil Dead Two, super silly. At the same time, it still had it that, pre- that
1: line real well though. It had
0: that presence of being a serious movie, but it was kind of tiptoeing on that line of insanity.
1: Well, they they played the insanity part. It was, they made it more absurdist. Yes. So it really, the, the absurdity of it is, is what did it, but it managed to walk the scary, absurd line really well, even though it didn't tickle my funny bone. I could see how somebody else thought it <laughs> would be funny. I did. Um,
0: it was like Looney Tunes to but me. But
1: if you were going into Intruder because you were told, you found out that Bruce Campbell was in this movie, you'd be real pissed. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't go in, like, if you went in to see him and he wasn't there until the last couple minutes of the film and you were just like, so, what the fuck? Yeah. It's a bait and switch. They're, Which is piss poor marketing. It's a terrible marketing and strategy. And a
0: little part of me was just like, you know what? They could have... You know, taking one of the other actors out and just added Bruce Campbell in, and it would have made the movie even better. He could have
1: been Danny, the love interest.
0: Yeah, he could have been Danny, the love interest. He could have yeah, been, been Tim. He could have been um, uh, who he else? He could have been
1: one of the managers.
0: Yeah, he could have. He could have been. Uh, well, uh, not Produce Joe, like because Ted Raimi is. No, Produce both Raimi's
1: would have been in there, but I think he could have. He could have been the big boss, the the store manager, not Bill, the um, the other guy. His name is Oh uh, Danny. No, Danny was a love interest. No,
0: Dan. His name is Danny. Is his name Dan? Yeah. Oh,
1: well anyway, he could have been the he could have even been the Dave
0: was the the love interest. Oh yeah. Yeah. Danny was the was the boss, Um,
1: was the the owner. Yeah. So yeah, he could have been in that role or something, but instead he was relegated to but at that point in eighty nine, Campbell was on his way up. They probably couldn't afford to have him that long.
0: I don't know Even if
1: they're buddies if, Like you gotta pay them Yeah
0: for it's then. like If that was the case But I mean Even then It's like Bruce Campbell From any interview That I've seen of him I mean I, again It's like I know he's no dummy And it's like You're gonna get paid You're gonna get paid But at the same time It's just like He's also
1: He also may not have fine so, time
0: That could be it too I mean cause like He he's, always I seems to be Very night. willing to do stuff like yeah. that Especially early in the 80s Like that um, I mean fuck He did McHale's Navy yeah,
1: but <laughs> like, it could have been one of those ones I like, absolutely
0: love that movie by the way but so. it could be been
1: one of those where it was like I have a night off and that's all I have before I do something else or I'm in the middle of filming something else yeah. and this is still like pre remember Briscoe County Junior yeah I remember watching that show when I was in like kindergarten yeah it was on the same night as like Xena and Hercules too yeah. I remember those and Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman I remember like that me and my um, best friend, Shireen, would stay up and watch those when we would do slumber parties on the weekends. Yeah.
0: And I, I still, like, I just, I was just thinking of Bruce Campbell. and Oh, I started thinking that song again.
1: <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Bruce
0: song. Campbell. <laughs> the <laughs> finest man the world has ever seen. So,
1: yeah, if you went in and ex- or was expecting a lot more chin, you'd be sorely yeah. disappointed.
0: And when he showed up, I was just like, oh, fuck, Into the movie. Way to go. Like. It was just like, man, like I was like,
1: like, the worst, he was a cop in this movie and they're the worst cops on the planet. We have Jennifer, whose ex-boyfriend Craig is essentially stalking her at the beginning of this movie and she calls the cops pretty early on. They don't show up until 30 minutes or more into the runtime and it's like, guys, I mean, nobody's dead yet, but it's like.
0: Yeah. Somebody's oh. calling
1: because they're in danger, and you're just like, la, 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 let's and, stop for sandwich. And also,
0: too, the two cops that they that show up...
1: Are Tweedledee and Tweedledum. They're
0: fucking idiots. And it's just that, it, again, slasher movie, Stupid dumb cops. Yeah. They always, no matter what, dumb cops. I mean, and <laughs> it was just... Man, like... I hate it,
1: that trope, too. It's
0: so bad. And even, like, the, the, the rest of the, the gang, you know, the, the workers in the, the supermarket, they were just like, wow, those guys are kind of worthless. And literally, they show up, and they're like, hey, is he here? No? You guys okay? Cool. We're gonna leave. Why the fuck did we call you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like- I mean, they took long enough, and then to top it off, they were useless. So, yay stupid cops um that was that was the in the end of the movie they're still stupid so it's like i mean
0: granted too i mean you have it's a it's albie moore he was in green acres i mean so it was it was nice seeing kind of like that old old school you know that old school throwback yeah like that stuff was really cool but it was just one of those like man like that was really fucking dumb and it was supposed to be just that comedy bit where it's like, okay, we we'll just get, get a little bit of the laugh and the chuckle. Because before. it's about to get serious. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like I, I got again, the writer, you know, the way that they wrote the movie, it follows the slasher trope perfectly. I mean, check all the boxes off. It yeah. it works. And it's
1: it's one hundred percent slasher paint by numbers, but it does it well. So it's not like you're just watching, yeah. All the cliches are there, but the thing about cliches is, is when a writer and a filmmaker does them well enough, you don't mind.
0: Yeah. Oh, and the other cop, uh, Tom Lester. Tom Lester, he was also in Green Acres too. So they were. Uh,
1: yeah. So sixties throwback yeah. sitcom kind of thing.
0: So I mean, stuff like that was was kind of neat, but that was something where it was just like, man, like dumb cop thing. And then at the end, once you get Bruce Campbell as the cop. I mean, granted, it's a bloodbath. And so when a cop shows up and they're just like, they're seeing all this, I would expect them to act that way.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: If anything, if Jennifer and Craig, I mean, and also Craig had a pretty big, you know, uh, history of violence. And I mean, he he killed a guy. Um, And so that's where it's like, I can understand where they could be suspicious of him. However, they just showed up and then they see this bloodbath. You're getting fucking handcuffed at the end of the movie. And if it was me and if, if I was Jennifer, I would have just been like, cool, fucking handcuffed me. Get me the fuck out of here. And then I will tell you what happened. Right. We'll
1: talk about it later. I don't want to be here anymore.
0: No, because like that, that ending was just really fucking crazy. But that, that would have been the thing is like, you just fucking comply you just do your thing. You say, cool, put me in handcuffs, put me in the back of the car. Get me out of here. Like, let's right. go. The whole like, point
1: is I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah.
0: they were, But they were trying to, like, get them to understand, like, no, it wasn't us. It was him, and I'm the
1: one that called you. And Yeah. So let's yeah. let's run down the list real quick of the the paint-by-numbers tropes here. We have our red herring. Mm-hmm. So box checked. Um, we have very gory deaths. Dose. Mystery killer. Yep. Uh, stalker, so we have the stalking. See, um, we have a final girl. Uh, creative the, kills.
0: Create creative kills. Also, your the. I mean, I'm, you got it the it. Utilizes her-
1: the environment really well.
0: Very much so, and also uh, utilizing the silhouette of not knowing who it is, but having that red herring as to
1: yeah, it's it does the slasher who done it thing. Yeah,
0: you could do the who done it, uh, which uh, Scream did. Fantastically, uh, like the first Scream movie, where yeah, I
1: would argue otherwise, but yeah, well, no,
0: but but it's still it's the same it's thing. Who done it? Yeah, even though you know it's like because it's like okay, well, yeah, you know, all Skeet Skeet's probably the one that did it.
1: Oh, uh, Skeet Skeet, goddamn Yeah, I
0: mean, but that's the thing is like you you weren't expecting them to have oh, there's two fucking guys.
1: Yeah,
0: like you weren't expect expecting uh you know Matthew Willard's uh, character. Yeah, you
1: do not weren't expecting no. them to be along for that ride.
0: That's where I'm saying it's like so Scream did it great Intruder. Also, I would say they did agree, too. Because, no, they they yeah. got me
1: because I, I literally thought it was – I was like – Craig was just – he was so obvious that you would have to be like, nah, it can't be that guy. He's too obvious. But then there was enough going on that I was like, no, maybe they are going with the obvious choice this time. And then it wasn't that wasn't the case at all. Um, but, like, they made Craig seem dangerous at the beginning of the movie, which – helped with the setup he was relentless and he was physical with jennifer and he was um he was very uh persistent he was pushing and pushing and pushing and he wouldn't go away even after like every man in that building chucked him out he's still like a cockroach around
0: so craig
1: with his chimpanzee strength (laughs)
0: holy shit he must have did a fucking line of cocaine before he went in there because he had fucking mama bear strength somehow
1: probably
0: pcp dude like something like that's holy shit he went in there and was (laughs) oh oh by the way the price for cigarettes wow that's
1: why everybody smoked it was only dollar 35
0: dollar 35 for a pack
1: yeah, and, in most states
0: now, they're over $10. She, for a pack. Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy. So For the good
1: smokes, anyway.
0: Uh, no, but I was gonna saying, it's like, But so we went in there trying to talk to Jennifer, and she was kind of surprised because she hasn't seen him anymore. Because
1: he'd been in prison.
0: Yeah. They broke up, and uh, obviously because he's in prison and all that stuff, but now he's out, and he's like, uh, you know, he was trying to get her back. Well, she wasn't having it, and he couldn't take no for an answer, but he kept doing this thing where it almost seemed like the conversation had ended. And then he's like, oh, well, all right, just let me buy these smokes. And then... He, he was g-
1: lingering, yeah. Yeah,
0: and then, like, he puts the money in her hand and then grabs her arm. And then she, like, freaks out. And then he backhands her and, you know, makes her nose bleed. And, like, for the whole movie, it's just her nose just won't stop bleeding. I was like, that's probably a problem. It's
1: probably broken. She probably
0: get out of here, yeah. go to the hospital. But no, no one said anything. Um, but then... Out of nowhere, when she starts to kind of go away and there's the the scuffle, all the strapping young men come into the movie. The fucking managers come down from their nest. Everyone's attacking this man, trying to get him off, and not one man can take him down. And it's the shittiest fucking choreography.
1: Uh, Those popcorn punches? (laughs) Oh, whiff. With man, was, and they had that stereotypical like punching of like a side of meat sound. Yeah,
0: it was so. so awful. But I was like, "What the fuck? Why is no one?" T-? And then, like, there was one dude that was bigger than he was. I'm like,
1: "Yeah, I how a is lot. he
0: not going down?"
1: It was the power. don't you know what it was? You know what it was? It was the power of the glorious mullet.
0: Oh man, you know, as I was watching that, all I could think about was fucking Kenny Omega. I
1: was like, if if
0: Craig turned around and gave the fucking The
1: the finger (laughs) gun. Just (laughs) the finger
0: gun, I would have been like, shit, son. Like, he looks like fucking Kenny Omega. (laughs) Yikes. And I and I love me some Kenny Omega, so I mean that's I'm all about that. But (laughs) but that's that was just the funny I was like, I was like, why is no one taking him the fuck down? And even then, he gets tired of fighting them and gives up and walks out of the building on his own. Yep. They don't throw him out. They, he just overpowered, like, and then six or seven guys. Yeah, and then he And oh, takes off. Yeah, In the store. Yep. And they're just like, oh, let's go find him.
1: He might be in the attic. Yeah, it was so dumb.
0: fucking ridiculous. I'm like, dude, you guys are terrible. So bad. Like, the fact that you guys couldn't, like hit him over the head with something. It's like, there's jars of peanut butter there. Just fucking crack him one. It's like, if he's that if that fucking nuts, it's like, dude, you gotta give him something. But it's like, that, that opening scene was just really ridiculous. And then when he fucking scurries off in the cookies, I'm like, wow. Huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: What? It was so, it was like a, in church, yeah. really.
0: And then when they, when they called the cops, it seemed – they're like – it wasn't like that big of a threat. But when you sit there and go, okay, this one scrawny-ass man just took on seven full-grown men and won and got away, wouldn't you be like, hey, cops, um, he's got a history?
1: Well, that was part of the problem you I know? think when Jennifer ended up calling them was – First of all, the 911 operator was unnecessarily, like, antagonistic and not listening to her. Oh, yeah. Because it was just like, ma'am, what is your address? And it's like, she's trying to get the address, and it's like, clearly there's making an issue of this. And um,
0: Listen, I got a she, Hot Pocket in the microwave. I need you to hurry up and give this address so I can you know, get, get to but, that. But, like,
1: she never bothered to tell them that Craig was violent. She never told them that he was... Hanging around the store He'd already been physical With her He'd been physical With everybody else In the store Like none of that information Got over to 911 So of course That's why the cops Took 30 minutes To get there
0: And then they send The dumbass cops And then they send The dumb
1: cops Yeah so I mean It's a horror movie So probably the entire Precinct is real dumb But um, Good times So Yeah uh, The The whole thing The whole situation uh, With the With this starts Because The store's gonna be sold so there's a little speech in the beginning with Bill, the co-owner, telling everybody that the store is being sold to one of like the big, big brands, and they're not going to be working there anymore. Everyone's going on unemployment, what have you, and so um, Bill's real torn up about it. But the big owner, D- uh, Danny, he. Just he's kind of like meh, D- Danny's
0: of the one that's selling it.
1: Da- yeah. yeah,
0: the way that um, Bill,
1: he's fifty one percent, yeah, 49. and
0: that's and Bill, like so, Bill was just like, I don't want to sell it. Like, yeah, but I, he's not
1: majority owner. So. Yeah,
0: he's like I can't say anything, yeah. and I uh, don't have that. So Bill's still getting paid because yeah, of the he's sale. Getting
1: his forty nine percent.
0: But it's at the same time, it's like you could tell like he didn't want to go. Um, also, Dan Hicks was also in Evil Dead Two. Do you remember where who he was? No, um, I'll, I'll let I'll let you sit was on it. Was he
1: at the end of the movie? No, I don't know. Was he dead? I Bobby
0: Joe. Oh, he was one of the rednecks. He's the redneck that uh, that ends up with the um, the daughter of the the professor when they show up and the. Uh, they were, they show up and they're like, Oh, well, you can't go down that road, they're you know, the trail's gone but we know a back road into the cabin and she tricks him into carrying all their the fucking luggage yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, that's him. So I was like, I thought that was really cool that they again brought him in and he's got a really good look to him and stuff like that. Well so. he's
1: kind of dopey and unassuming. Very much and, so and I yeah. think that's why it worked as well as it did for him to be our killer in the end, simply because yeah. of that sort of innocuousness
0: yeah. of him. Just going to bury the lead and all that, you know, so. <laughs> Just kidding.
1: If anybody is listening to this episode <laughs> and hasn't seen the movie, I mean, yeah. it's over 30 years old, fuck you.
0: <laughs> oh, so, but that was the thing, is like, I thought that was really cool with the way that they, they built it up because even when they did like silhouettes... You never got a full... You
1: never got the shape. It was just a dark silhouette. You don't yes. know who it
0: was. And I was like, that was really cool. It wasn't like a Michael Myers however, shape, so...
1: However, the fucking box art, during the VHS release of this stupid thing, gave away the killer. Who the fuck designed the box art? Um, That's well,
0: very clearly Bill. I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and for all you listeners, I'm actually looking at the box art and...
1: It's very clearly, Bill.
0: It, it is... Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They fucked that up real bad. So,
0: but I mean, like they they do a lot of the shadows on the face and everything it's like that. But still. it's like it's got you can see the mustache, and that's the the giveaway. Yeah. So I mean, they they should have really just made that thing a little bit darker. Maybe just shown the eyes and then just had the smile. But, um, yeah.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, but this box art's fucking killer. Like but it I, was a nice, <laughs> it's like it so was good. It
1: was such a good reveal in the movie that when you look at that box art, you're like, oh fuck, really, guys.
0: Yeah. But like, uh, I love on this, on the box art too. They, every, every bit of food or, you know, whatever's on this cover is all generic. Like it just says beer.
1: Well, that was and in the milk
0: film. And co- I know, I know, but that yeah. and that's that. I love that stuff. Where it's just, it's it's a white bread can. sandwich. <laughs> it's just like no, no brands, no nothing. It was yeah. just like that stuff's fucking great. Yeah. So, or it's like corn. I wonder
1: what's in this
0: can. Yeah. So, but that was that was something where yeah, I mean, I could definitely see where it. I mean, if you're, if you remember what the box art looks like, and then watching the movie. Because I didn't know. at The whole the whole movie, I didn't even think about the box art for that. So it was like when he... It's probably
1: because you just didn't remember what it was. But yeah. if you pick this up, like, you know, if we go back to the before times to Blockbuster or something, and you pick this up off the shelf and you go, oh, this looks neat, and you take it home and watch it. Yeah. You're going to be real mad. <laughs> real mad. About two things. About the lack of Bruce Campbell and the fact that they gave away the ending.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that's nice. So let's talk about um, the kills. So Well,
0: we didn't mention this before. What? Who made the kills? It was k and B. This is one
1: of Greg Nicotero's first outings after getting out from under Tom Savini.
0: Yeah. Yep. So I mean you got uh, was it you got Robert? It's Robert Whitham. Kurtzman,
1: Howard Berger, and Greg Nicotero.
0: Man, like how fucking cool is that? And that was something else where like I was reading the um, it was like the, not like a synopsis. Like it was more of like a, a credit. Like on it was like one of the fan sites or whatever um, that were talking about it. And it was one of those like uh, not bloody disgusting. But it was like one of those type of sites. Yeah, I, yeah. I forget which one it was, but Some they were version of they were mentioning. It. it was like oh like well it's got Bruce Campbell and it also has you know Greg Nicotero in it. And I was just like oh shit.
1: Not really. Yes, I was like, but no. Yeah.
0: I was like oh that's awesome. And then like the whole movie I'm going where the fuck's my brucey Bruce. I need my Bruce! Where's my Nicotero? I'm not getting
1: any of that. There was even less Greg Nicotero in it.
0: Yeah, he Greg Nicotero played a the driver of a vehicle for the packy that came to the grocery store late at night and the doors were locked. And you just very, very faint. He's kind of in the background and then but that that's all you got. He was in
1: of. the car still, I think. So yeah, so yeah. I was just
0: like, man. I was like, the uh what's what's the um the stoner um in the movie, uh his name is was it Bub. Yeah. Greg Nicotero could do Bub pretty well because Bub didn't really have that many lines and I and mean he was a dope. I mean if you watch uh, or you know remember from uh Day of the Dead when Greg you know He was
1: one of the soldiers
0: did all the Eh? I am I'm, I'm just saying it missed opportunity. You like I mean you swapped out Bruce Campbell with Dave or, you know, Tim. And then on top of that, you know, swap out Bub for Greg Nicotero and you were getting some fanfare there, you know?
1: Yeah, it would have been a real draw. Yeah. And you would have been able to capitalize on having... Well, Greg Nicotero didn't have a name yet, but he was getting there.
0: Yeah, I'm saying, like, for the people, like, later on, like, the cult fans. Yeah, but at the time
1: you're making the movie, you don't know that stuff.
0: Exactly, yeah. This is You
1: can't possibly, in the middle of filming, go... This is going to be a cult classic someday. You yeah, cannot yeah. know that.
0: No, but, but still, like that. If, if I had to reconfigure the cast, that's what I would have Sure,
1: done, Monday know. morning quarterback. Exactly. But Kane and b again, because you're, you're, and this is, you know, uh, one of the follow-ups that Nicotero did for this one was Misery. Yep, was the following year. It was in 1990. So like he went from finishing this up, moving into I think Misery was filming on the back end of 1989. So like, good on him for getting a fucking Oscar winning winner movie at the after all this is said and done. But this is one of his first forays outside of working for and um, with Tom Savini. But the kills in this movie. So Intruder does a great job of starting slow. Like literally, nothing's happening. Oh my the first god, it's fucking minutes. slow.
0: I was uh, the whole the whole opening to the movie. I was sitting there going,
1: "No one's dead." Meg's yet. gonna
0: fucking hate this.
1: <laughs> <It's> okay, like, <laughs> so let me let me finish my thought here. So the, it starts out fairly slow. Uh, there's not really a whole lot going on for the first thirty between thirty and forty minutes, and then the movie's like ninety minutes long. Okay, so anyway, the then the first kill's off screen. You kind of see the aftermath a little bit, and then you get to see more of it later, and then the next kill, there's a little more, and then the next kill is a little more. So they start ramping up the gore in levels. So they don't hit you all at once. They kind of warm you up for it's a it's a violent foreplay, if you will. Yeah. Like you gotta lube it up first before you just stick it in there. So that's what they're doing with the audience is it's like, oh man, finally the first person dies, but you don't really see much. And then...
0: Sorry, children.
1: (laughs) And then then someone gets their head crushed in a trash compactor.
0: Yeah.
1: That's fun. Um, And then... And then, and then, and then. But like, they also have... uh, The way it's filmed is the gags are subliminally set up throughout the first half of the movie before the killing actually starts happening because Scott Spiegel framed really weird shots like he tried to get a little artsy fartsy with this like he would do shots through um a grocery cart or he would do shots like up from the floor like through a glass floor to like Jennifer sweeping or he would frame them in in these really weird ways so you were always like looking through something like a fucking rotary phone he framed out a scene with um oh what was her name uh, Renee Estevez's character, um, she. Oh, Linda. Linda. So there was a scene where she's going on the phone, and the y- there's a blacked out basically rotary phone. You can you're looking through, and you see her d- through the openings of that. So the shots are kind of neat, but he got a little. He's trying to get a little art house with a slasher movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's more of like, hey, we just have some fun. Like, I mean, I, yeah, like all the stuff Wouldn't like this the shopping, be cool? yeah, all the shopping cart stuff. But um, it was but weird. he
1: but he always set up. the the murder situation in the frame somewhere. So, like, you would see the butcher's hook was always in the background or the meat cleavers were always in the background or the trash compactor always in the background. So there was always something.
0: Yeah. Uh, I had kind of uh, little flashbacks to uh, Black Christmas with, uh, you know, Billy and just that POV uh, stuff because there were some – some of those shots were, yeah, but – it was weird because those POV shots were from weird in you know objects, impossible like, yeah. angles. Like, yeah, I was like, mm, okay, but that's where I could. But there were some shots, um, and I'm assuming that some of the shots that we got were like outside. It was of like from Craig's point of view, and it kind of gave you that. the windows and stuff. It, yeah, it, but that was a, that was a genius thing about that for the bait and switch later on in the movie because. We see um, Jennifer going out to take care of – this is like uh, – I believe it was – it was just before closing time and she was going out to uh, wrangle up the rest of the, the shopping carts outside. Yeah. And Craig is standing out there like a creep.
1: And, you know, like you do. Yeah.
0: He's just you know, staring down at her and he's got a shopping cart and he pushes it and you know, she – and then he just – fucks off and the shopping cart sh- just like yeah and like it just the uh, shopping cart just starts rolling up to her she's just like oh that's weird huh she looks around for a little bit and then that's it i'm like no fuck that shit if that thing came down like no i'm sorry
1: it was moving on its own and i'm like
0: nope i'm i'm out like that ain't happening because clearly like she saw something like she, somebody pushed it over i was like no 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 <sighs>
1: but no thanks I'm fine
0: but that was the thing, like so but having those POV shots set you up for that black Christmas kind of feel and then like with having like all the weird art house shots it did
1: have a little bit of the black Christmasy feel again because that's sort of like the ground zero slasher movie yes if which you wanna, is amazing if you want to point to something as having kicked this whole thing off I would probably go with black Christmas um, for the genre American version of the genre as we know it because we know it borrowed very heavily from, like, the Italian Jallo of the 60s. But anyway, yeah. um, yeah.
0: Actually, now that you say that, Intruder, I feel, would have actually had a pretty good Jallo. All all
1: slasher movies are, are Americanized versions of the Italian Jallo movies. That's all that they are. It's the mystery killer working in shadows. Um, It's missing some of the typical tropes of, like, the black gloves and stuff. And, like, the extra... And in some cases, they don't do the cartoon red blood. But in this case, we have a Fulci yeah. attack where um, Danny gets his eye <laughs> impaled yes. on a receipt. Um, the receipt, what's it called? Um,
0: it's like the, the, it's like the, the receipt, receipt spike. Hit. Yeah, the yeah. receipt
1: spike. And he gets impaled. His eye goes through that. Fulci approved. It's
0: so good. <laughs> I was just like, as it was happening, I was just like, do
1: it. But it was a very. It just do it, it. it. was a very Jallo frame shot because you have the eye thing, which is a Fulci thing. Um, and then you have the way that the blood spatters, which is kind of an Argento thing, including where the blood lands on like the, the desk lamp falls over on the floor, but it's bulb side up and the, the blood drips on top of it. It bathes the room in red. It's actually a really cool look. It's um,
0: such a good scene. It's a
1: really good scene. It's a really good look. And Danny, surprisingly, was not dead at that point. No. That... I actually think he survived the movie.
0: No, no, he didn't. No. I, I will tell you why not. Um, but that was the thing but, was like he ended up he ended up going in uh, like so when he felt the one of the best things about this the kills in this movie and I go so theatrical. I go back to how the movies leading up to the end of the 80s for the slashers were they were done they got really comical, yeah. right? Well, there was comedy in this movie for sure. But at the same time, but it was
1: it, that nervous, like ah, it. Ah,
0: ah. It had a point, yeah. And that was something that I appreciated more than anything. And there, almost every kill had, as you mentioned, it referenced back to, like, or you know, where you could see a meat cleaver or a butcher's hook or something like that. It set you up for the punchline at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, for Danny's death, or quote unquote death. Um, after you got the, you know, the the impaled, the, impale, the, the, <laughs> the eye Olaf, impalement. The
1: Olaf, oh, look, I've been impaled. <laughs> yeah.
0: So he's on his desk bleeding like crazy, but he's got his little, uh, the calculator, the receipt calculator, you know, where it's like you punch in the numbers and it just starts cranking out the receipt and they have the tape. Well, it's so good. <laughs> but it's like if you're not really paying attention you don't know what the oh, it's
1: gonna go right over your frame head.
0: Frame is but I saw it I was just like this is fucking genius. He's hitting the like he's he's freaking out and uh, like his his body is twitching and because his hand is twitching it's hitting the calculator making the the tape go and it, and it sounds like he's like you know counting numbers wherever, whatever but the blood is going all over the tape and it's turning it all red as it's going up
1: right and at the beginning of the movie they were complaining about how they've been operating in the red for a while it's so good fucking layers <laughs> man layers he kills them and he's just like
0: oh yeah like well there's all of our numbers going in the red and it's like that's so fucking good
1: it's smart But that's the thing, though, is it's smart, and it's one of those subtle things where if you're not keeping up, you're not going to know.
0: The the one that I felt was just like okay that was like super easy you know the softball that one is um, Produce Joe uh, Ted ramey's character
1: who, who he, by the way was listening to the same song fucking it, in those stupid fucking headphones get, the entire movie it was literally like an, it was an hour before he died <laughs> no. and it was the, every time we cut back to Ted ramey he was listening to that same fucking song still and it's like wow yeah so he, uh, clearly they weren't able to license fucking
0: yeah damn. so. He ended up. Uh, he was back in the produce area, uh, like back uh, almost in the, like in the refrigerator, and he was cutting up watermelons. Um, you know, just getting them ready. If you want
1: to call it that? Yeah. He was hacking at some watermelons. Yeah.
0: Well, like he had to hack through the watermelons and uh, you know get them prepped uh, for and for the was, sale or whatever. But
1: he was also eating while he was preparing them, and that's just it grosses me. As someone I've worked in food service, so yeah, that's it's, gross. It's not
0: good. Um. So, but he's got this like big long. It's a knife, but it almost looks like a machete. It's,
1: an, it's like an extra long chef's knife, yeah.
0: Yeah. And he's just, like, hacking away out of it. And he does it, like, like about four or five times. And it, you just kind of get, like, you're like, I know something's going to happen. I but they know. go
1: just long enough where you think maybe nothing's going to happen. Yeah.
0: So he, he winds up for the last time. And as he's coming down, a knife comes into the back of his, his head. Right? And kills him. And they do like the the straight on shot of his face. And you can see the the killer silhouette behind him. And then he falls.
1: And the headphones. The way the headphones fall off. The headphones split.
0: Yeah, the headphones split apart. But then after the body falls, the camera pans up to a sign that says, like, beware, knives are sharp. And I'm like...
1: Also... He was cut he was splitting melons and had his melons split split.
0: (laughs) like come on
1: like this is so good
0: I'm like this is amazing It's like but just that whole
1: just It's so well thought out though. It is like some of this shit was so well thought out and it I mean Sam Raimi's death was pretty cut and dry because he was a butcher. So like he was hung but up it was, on a
0: butcher's hook. But it was, like, really fucking brutal. And yeah. Like, that and, was really cool. And,
1: uh, oh, another slasher trope we can tick the boxes on is um, Jennifer had to do the body tour of, this, or I heard it called a scavenger hunt, where she has to go and find all of her friends, and she finds them all in every compromising position that they died in. Yes. And uh, there's she bumps into... Randy, Sam Raimi's character and turns around and sees him just ugh, dangling there like, from the butcher's hook. Come on. The
0: the one thing that I was uh, that I was happy about with that with the butcher's hook was I was expecting him to get it through the the chin. Like up through the chin, and he's just like you know, like a, like a fish. Yeah. This no, it went like through his eye, and yeah, it was just like, it was like that up, up was through his
1: cheek. I think his mouth was open, and went up, up, up into his sinuses. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like that was cool because on top of that, he probably died from from shock. Uh, or, or you know, just uh, from hanging, because it's like that wouldn't necessarily kill you. Like I mean, it's it, it's gonna fuck up your day. He
1: probably. I you mean, know. you're hitting some major things in there, so he probably bled out.
0: Yeah, that's probably what he ended up doing. But it was just like there was a couple. Like after the how ki-
1: fucking painful though.
0: Yeah, he's super. Dang- First fucking- of
1: all, you're impaled. Second of all, you're dangling from this thin, hunk This thin hook of metal all of your body weight is support on that. So it's pulling on all of the small yeah. teeny tiny bones in your face. And then you're bleeding out, which is very uncomfortable. And what's on top of it, you're cognizant of everything. It's probably one of the more brutal kills just because yeah. of that. Not necessarily because it's particularly gory, but because of the psychological part of it, if you think about it for a couple minutes, it gets real bad.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, and just really it, it also puts the killer in a more human like aspect mm. because all the kills weren't like Jason Voorhees no, where they're it's all like
1: personal. or
0: or Michael Myers where it's like oh I'm just going to pick you up like it's nothing it's like no this was a man that had to like pick the guy up you know by his legs and then hit him on, on, with the hook and because there wasn't a precision It was just like wherever you fucking land, that's where you're going. Like Mm -hmm. that's just what what was end up happening. I mean, it could have gone all wrong where he tried to pick him up and then it just like toppled over, never even made it to the hook. But at the same time, it's like he got him up there and it's so good.
1: Yeah. So that was. I mean, that one's more psychologically brutal when you think about it. But the actual, probably the most brutal kill in this one is the bandsaw kill. Oh my
0: god!
1: Poor Dave. Dave and Jennifer have this cute little budding romance and he's excited because they're going out on a date Saturday night. He just
0: got out of a relationship. And he's
1: happy because the pretty girl said yes to go on a date with him. So he's giddy as a schoolgirl, And unfortunately, he does not live to see Saturday um, because our killer gets his hands on him in the um, the, the butcher, the butcher room, yeah. you know,
0: it's or, like, it's like the deli room where they, you well, no, know, that, cut all the ham. And...
1: Was, that's was where the butchers worked, but yeah. Um, oh yeah, no, it might've been the par- partly deli too, because Sam Raimi was doing, um, a charcuterie board and eating olives with an eyeball in it.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. What yeah.
1: eyeball was that?
0: I don't know. <laughs> it must've been Dave's or something like that. Or oh, no, Danny's. No. No, no uh, Danny's would've had a would, hole in it. Yeah. No, he, it would've, it would've popped like a, like a grape. Um, Someone
1: was missing an eyeball, and it was just floating in a jar of bubbles. I don't remember
0: who who it was, but um, it was
1: because I don't remember if that was before or after Bub's kill. And Bub was the trash compactor.
0: Um, I don't remember, but uh, I mean, Bub would be the easy one, but at the same time, like it his just popped. his head just went squish, and so if there was like maybe an eyeball, or survived. maybe it was Linda's. I don't know. Maybe he got got her got to know. her no no, no she cause had her Linda, eyes because when yeah. Linda
1: fell out of the car she had both her she had both her eyeballs detectives.
0: and Dave's same thing he had both of his eyes um, well this was
1: before Dave died um, Randy got killed first Dave was one of the last ones
0: yeah no I mean I, I'm not I'm not sure because like even like um, on the bandsaw uh, you know the the death like they you know so the eyes were still there maybe it was just a gag
1: maybe. I don't know but I'm just curious whose eyeball that was. But anyway, so probably the most infamous, if you can point to one, and probably the most brutal physically for kills in this movie was poor Dave, where our killer manhandles him. There's a bit of a scuffle, but he, the killer flips on the bandsaw and pushes Dave's head through the bandsaw, carving it in half just below the nose.
0: The, the one thing that I oh, love boy. about this... Is the fact that they show it. Yeah. Like they like and a lot of times like you'll see the band saw go and then later on it's like they do like the cut away. This or is the Carnage the- Candy Orgasm. Yeah, is where
1: we're getting
0: to. S- uh, same thing with the trash compactor, where it's just yeah. like, man, and, and that's where, like, with guys, you know, the K group, you know, crew, they're just gonna go for it. Like, we got it. Let's just do it. And then, but it
1: looked so realistic; it didn't look like a mannequin head going through.
0: No, that. and that's
1: that was what I was most impressed about. Was oh, so it, good. It, they they constructed that head in such a way that it looked like they were putting dave's head through a bandsaw it didn't look like a like a puppet head or some sort of like armature or or mannequin head or whatever yeah
0: uh when danny got his eye impaled um and on the receipt uh on the receipt spike that one you could tell like okay well there was a puppet but it looked good it didn't look...
1: And that shot was so fast, though. It was.
0: Yeah. And They didn't they, linger
1: on his face. They
0: utilized it. And then, like, when they they, they did it real quick so you could see where uh, he was getting impaled. And then, like, once he got impaled, they the camera went behind him and to where they could see the back of his head. And he's, you know,
1: right, freaking out like
0: a, like a fish. Um, so, I mean, I thought that was a, a really well done um, edit. But then, yes. But the bandsaw... Holy shit.
1: Because then he stages Dave's head for Jennifer to find later where he very sloppily puts the top of the head back Ugh. on the bottom of the head. And, and, just,
0: and it's on the poster too. Yeah. Like it's so good.
1: Yeah, it's it's ugly. And, um,
0: it, and that also reminds me of, of Black Christmas where the, the first death oh, is Claire. on the fucking poster Claire,
1: yeah it's so
0: good it's like oh my god it's so brutal but it's so good
1: i actually started rewatching that the other night i haven't seen it since we recorded for it uh, almost two years ago and um i didn't get to finish it i really was just getting started but i forgot how quick they get in there and start murdering people like claire's killed off within i don't know 10 15 yeah it's somewhere in there real like, fast
0: it's like that's the first first thing
1: so that kill was pretty bad. Then Bub gets crushed; his head gets crushed in a trash compactor. Um, and then one of the other guys—I forget his name—he was cut in half.
0: Yeah. The
1: um, the, beer, the drunk.
0: That was yeah. That was the dude that was uh that was playing around on the.
1: He was sneaking beers, and
0: well, he was he was the creepy guy. Like he would like look through the the pro or the you know just on like the, the shelves or yeah, whatever. He would look like, the shelving
1: of people, and like he saw Jennifer and Dave like playing kissy face at the register. And I
0: forgot how he got cut in half, though. I know that he did get cut in half because when Jennifer was like running through and saw you know I, through the scavenger hunt of all of her dead friends. If I remember
1: this correctly, I think he was killed first and just cut in half post mortem.
0: Oh, okay. I don't like, think he
1: was cut in half of the time. I could be wrong. I don't remember. It's been a few days since we watched the movie. Because
0: I thought maybe he was the one that got got it with the bandsaw. No. But um but no, like he ended up getting um
1: Maybe he got Lizzie Bordened.
0: He got stabbed, um, because he was he was in the back. He
1: was in the beer cooler.
0: Yeah, he was in the beer cooler, and the door kept opening up, and he was like, guys, good, you know, fucking open the door, shut it. And he went in there, and then that's when you see the shadow of the big-ass knife, and then it came and down you, and it, stabbed him. His
1: was his was off-screen. Yeah. He was one of the – I think he was the first one, and he was an off-screen death, and you just saw the blood splatter on the beer cans. It
0: was, yeah, it was just a lot of blood. The
1: generic beer cans. It was like
0: – yeah, it was like Japanese, you know, splatter – stuff where it's just blood just went everywhere. Yeah. But I think that may have been it because yeah, it's like he must've been cut in half.
1: He was cut a- after the fact. Yeah. Cause he was, I think the first one and his was off screen. So that was about it. But yeah, all of the makeup effects in this one, there weren't a ton. They were pretty much restricted to just the, the kills, but they were really well done. They were really realistic. Even though the body count isn't excruciatingly high, it, it, for a slasher movie this one's still um, for what we did have it, it they got in it was impactful he
0: that he got some work in though like I mean oh KB and
1: B did get a ton of yeah, work
0: in yeah B got some work in and I mean and like as far as like the killer with the slasher I mean he got everybody except for two I mean that's, and on top of that, he got an extra, he got a bonus kill because of the uh, the delivery guy that showed up at the end, and I got a problem with that. And, and again, poor delivery
1: guy, he it, didn't even know. No,
0: because he was like, fuck, "Let me in, come on!" Like I got to deliver. Oh, knife in the back, and then blood out the mouth, and
1: I just his face smushed up against the glass. Though it was like yeah. it was silly.
0: No, but the the silly part of it that of of that was. Jennifer was running away from, uh, from Dan – or no, it was Bill. Dan is the actor's name. He was, she was running away from Bill, so she knows that the killer is behind her. She runs up to the front door, but it's locked. There's no like knob thing. It has to be unlocked with the key. So she can't get out, and then that's when the uh, delivery guy shows up. And then uh, within like seconds of him being there. He just gets a knife in the back, and it's very open, and Bill just shows up. He just happens to pop up there, and then when the, the delivery guy drops down, he just looks at Jennifer, smiles, and then like dangles his keys in front of her, and Bill's like, how the fuck did you get out there? Like, what door did you get out of? Because you were just running behind her, and then you must have sprinted behind her, and then like, oh, hey, I'm going to kill this guy.
1: Here's the thing. It's a grocery store, so there's plenty of side doors, back doors, emergency exits for him to get out of. And he's got a key, so he can shut all that shit off and just go out any side door he needs to. So it's not like there was no way – he was chasing her. But he, I'm assuming he heard the delivery driver pull up maybe. I don't know.
0: Well, unless he was going to do it just to fuck with her because he knew that that's where she was going. So I'm going to go this way and back around and be like, oh, shit, free well, kill. He, and, then, and that's probably
1: what it was. He was just going to meet her out front and the delivery driver just bad timing just happened to be there. Yeah.
0: But that was just, it was just funny because it, the timing of it was so quick. And it's like, dude, this guy... Bill must have been fucking hauling ass. Well,
1: Bill was... He talked about being a volunteer firefighter at one point. So he he might not have been in like peak shape, but he was probably in decent enough shape that he wasn't going to be huffing and puffing if he had to turn a corner.
0: No, but also... I mean, the, the only thing I could see where it's like if he got outside... It was only just to fuck with Jennifer.
1: Literally. That's all he was doing. Because he saw she was going for the front door. So he went out a side door and was like, I'm just going to meet her out there. Yeah.
0: But he could have also done this thing where, oh, well, you know, the doors are locked. You can't get out. And he just... Because he knows where she is. She, he just walks over to her and then fucks her with that it's, way. It's but.
1: unclear. It's all just a circumstantial thing. I no,
0: think. I know. I'm just saying. But it's like that That little because it's of the a, timing of it was just really. what like,
1: by convenience. Yeah. That's all. So,
0: but other than that, I mean, it was still really really cool on that end. And then
1: like, so referring back to Bill being talking about being a volunteer firefighter, they're all in the break room. At one point they're having a lunch break (laughs) because they're doing an overnight shift to do inventory and stocking and stuff like that. So they're doing this overnight shift and they're all kind of hanging out and eating lunch and snacking and whatever. And Bill talks about this story of his time when he was doing the firefighter thing about, um, seeing somebody walking down the road, holding a head in one hand and a sandwich or a burger or something i think it was a sandwich in the other hand
0: yeah it was it was one of his uh one of the other firefighters
1: it was a wreck it was a car wreck that's what it was yeah they, and they found a body but no head
0: yeah and so like they got called out and one of the other firefighters decided to bring his sandwich with them and when they were all trying to find the they, they found the body but no head and then he lo and behold this guy is just walking down the road with the head in his hand eating a sandwich like it's fucking nothing it's like
1: And then there was a callback to that oh, at the so end of the movie good. where he's got or Bill has got a sandwich in one hand bloody hand by the way yeah and a head in the other as he's sort of like power walking down at Jennifer
0: Yeah I want to back it up just a little bit because the lead up to that is even better so Jennifer's freaking out. She's going around and she's finding all the dead bodies and you know
1: All of her friends are dead.
0: Everything. She's finding everything. Well, she goes to the to the end of the, one of the aisles, and this is when she's also trying to run away from Bill. And she stops, and all of a sudden she hears someone crying. Like they say, Help me, help me, please. Well, She turns around and she sees Danny laying on the floor. And so she's like, oh my God, Danny. She runs over to him. Earlier on, uh, I believe. One of them saw him in the attic or something. It was either, I think it was Tim or Dave. It
1: was
0: Dave. Dave went up into the attic and he saw, uh, you know, because he thought he heard Bub. Looking around or whatever. Well, he, thought you know.
1: babe was, uh, he thought the bub was fucking around. Right? Yeah.
0: And so he goes up there and he's looking around. He sees all these like Halloween masks and stuff like that. And he gets up to the attic and then he turns around to go up there. And fucking Danny's up in the attic, still alive. He's like, help me,
1: please. And he's
0: just, whatever.
1: And Dave goes running. Yeah.
0: And, well, Dave falls down the fucking ladder and, and, and hurts himself.
1: Well, that and that's how Bill yep. gets him. Because he, he was kind of, yep. the wind knocked out of him for a second.
0: Yeah. So, but then, all right, so. Going back to Jennifer. So she sees Danny laying on the floor. We are set up that Danny's still alive. Missing an eye. You know, But alive. But alive. So when he's crying for help, she runs over to him and it turns out that it it's fucking Bill with Danny's head pretending to be in trouble and he just like lured her in I'm like
1: that's right I thought it was Dave's head for some stupid no, reason no it
0: was Danny and like that because that was she said Danny and then Dave was the one that got his head split with the um with the cutter. yeah so yeah
1: she found Danny's body missing a head yeah
0: which is even crazier when she does find uh Dave and he's got his head you know kind of Cat together. Put
1: together
0: together, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Because it's like, Oh my god, I it's, just got done kissing you.
1: It's being held on with like toothpicks, like a cake or something, or like, yeah. bamboo skewers so, in there. But
0: that was the thing is like so that lead up for him to have his I believe it was his brother's head.
1: Danny wasn't his brother. Or
0: they were just they were just partners, okay. They were partners, yeah. Okay, so um but yeah, so he's got the head and he's laughing like a crazy ass, and that's when he starts mm-hmm. walking up the aisle and I'm like, That lead up is All of that is just fucking great. Yeah. But yes, as you were saying, like where he's got the, where he's walking him, he's like, oh, look, it's like, just old Joe just walking up the road with a sandwich. It's like, now, Also, there's more to that.
1: There's so much.
0: Do you remember what happens after?
1: I remember Jennifer freaking out, but that was, I'm drawing a blank on what happened after that.
0: Craig shows up. Oh, yeah. Bill beats the shit out of Craig with Danny's head. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. That was so good. There is so much. There's so many layers. And he,
0: he beats him with his head. He doesn't just, like, knock Craig out. He beats the shit out of him and then continues to keep hitting him with the severed head. I'm like, how badass is that? And then on top of that... And then well, wait, there's more. I think back to the beginning of the movie, when Craig was owning everybody, all seven to eight men, and then all of a sudden now he's getting a, his ass beat by a severed head. <laughs> it's like he didn't, he wasn't injured enough to like not be hit with a head. It was just like he's like, oh, no, I just fucked up. Oh no, I'm just gonna, like, it's like. It's like an old lady with a purse, just like just going to town yeah. on it. Yeah,
1: like someone's trying to mug her, and she goes, "Not today, sucker!" She just going. Yeah.
0: And that old, that old bag's got a, a brick in her purse, and she's just going <laughs> to town. And you just don't want to hit an old lady, but you're just like, oh, like.
1: No stop, please. Yeah,
0: and like, and then Craig gets knocked out with the head, and then he throws Danny's head on, and then goes back to Jennifer. I'm like, God damn it it's so much it's so good but it's like because they could have just ended it with him just popping up with danny's head and just oh, dropping sure. it but it's like no they that was an extended like everything just meant something and it worked it was it was fun like i, I really enjoyed that little scene that that worked oh, sure. out
1: um but yeah I I, for, I I drew a blank on that um <laughs> heck, I don't know how or why because <laughs> so it was so bizarre. ridiculous
0: <laughs> it's like it's like in Mortal Kombat 4 with I think
1: it's because shortly after that we're getting into the ending of it and I think that one threw me more than anything else because the ending of the movie I was like oh my god like there was there was a twist that you didn't see coming but then after you see it you realize this should have been happening in every slasher movie ever prior to that that's what the twist is what makes the intruder different from the rest of them is the fact that jennifer and craig have bill cornered they think they have him beaten at this point craig is taking bill out with an axe and jennifer had already she ran to a payphone remember payphones kids ran to a payphone called the cops and this is where we enter bruce campbell shortly after that but prior to the cops getting there craig is taking bill out and there's a couple moments again tick the slasher box where we think our killer is dead, but indeed he is not. He comes back for one last scare. What? I know. I'm saying, <laughs> Randy. Um, not Ted. Ra- not Sam. Raimi's Ramy. Uh, Randy, but Jamie Kennedy's. Yes. So Randy Meeks and. Uh,
0: There's rules to a horror movie.
1: Right. Exactly. This is the part of the movie where the killer comes back for one last scare.
0: And yeah, you never say, "I'll be right back." guys, I'm going to go get a beer. I'll be right back. Yeah.
1: So, he, we think Bill is dead. Bill is not dead. Um, the cops show up, and Jennifer's panicking, and I think Craig still has the axe in his hand.
0: Well, it's, it's uh, the meat cleaver.
1: Yeah. So, he, anyway, he just got done fucking up Bill, and the cops see a guy on the ground, two people covered in blood, so they think the two people that are still on their feet were the ones causing trouble. So he slammed... They get slammed up against the cruiser to get handcuffed, and they're protesting, and Jennifer is trying to be like, no, wait, I'm the one that called. I can explain. And Bill is not fucking dead. He leans over and is like, they're the ones that did it. Everybody... It was like
0: last, like, gasping breath type of thing. He
1: pointed the finger at Jennifer and Craig, and the whole reason he used that night was because Craig would have been his scapegoat. Yep. He could have survived an attack by Craig, and... Because he's the jilted lover whose you know girlfriend wouldn't take him back, and he took and, it out on everybody. And nice. and he store. went to
0: prison already for killing a guy. So he
1: was the perfect patsy. Yeah, but and he still was. But Jennifer got thrown into the mix as well because she also was covered in blood. Like, but then it's
0: like, oh, but she was the ex-girlfriend, and
1: right, maybe there was you know. some Bonnie and Clyde type of situation. So Bill's pointing at them going they're the ones that did it there's bodies in the store this is massacre they killed everybody and then I think he was finally dead at that point
0: no he he still survived he was still alive but he was like he was fucked up because like Craig he didn't just take him with an axe like because when she was uh, Jennifer was in the phone booth she uh, or that's when Bill like went head first in and started destroying shit Craig came out after him and then like Started literally hacking him up, and like hit him with the meat cleaver. And there was like one time where uh, Bill held up his hand, and then Craig got him right That's in right, the middle. He split
1: the hand in two. yeah.
0: Bill was probably still alive after that, but he was not gonna be happy. Like he was not gonna feel no, I don't good he was unless funny. he unless he bled out. But we ha- have no idea. We
1: fade to black before we know for sure. Yeah. But I'm in my head canon, He's dead because those wounds were real serious like he almost had his arm hacked off like he got he got fucked real bad by that by that blade so that was that was the part that i didn't see coming and that's when you think about some of the especially 80s slashers where you have your final girl or you have some survivor and there's a mass of bodies in say a cabin in the woods um It's, why are you the one who survived this thing? There's no trace of any other killer. So, by rights, you're the guilty party, just based on circumstantial evidence and lack of any other suspects. Yeah.
0: I mean, it is very rare for that. I mean, like, when you get something like, um, like, in Friday the 13th, uh, when, I think it was, like, in Friday the 13th Part 3, when he...
1: Oh, when Chris goes crazy? When he
0: gets his mask and, um... And it's in the barn when she hangs them and stuff like that, and like she freaks out. It's like, okay, well, clearly you are a you are the the victim. Like there there's a big man there, and you're sure, the victim. Sure, but she could
1: have. She looks like the killer.
0: Yeah. So, and that's where it's yes, like pinning them on everything was great. Yeah. And that's where I go back to Scream with Skeet Skeet and Willard. Lillard. <laughs> I know. I know. Willard
1: was the rat guy. I
0: know. That's my joke. I like saying it. I don't know. I'm sorry. I know, Matt. I am I'm, I gotcha. But, so, but for them to... Like, when they were given, uh, you know, their whole, like, big evil plan, like, we're going to info dump on you, um, it made sense because they were like, well, we're going to stab each other and we're going to get away with it because we're going to look like a victim too. And... And, I, and I'm assuming that I mean it's like Wes Craven must have taken some type of note from that because it is a genius move for Bill to sit there and go, "No, it was them. I'm injured. Believe me, it was them." Yeah, perfect. Like that—that yeah. that makes complete sense. Yeah, and that's what was
1: an accident. He he couldn't have planned it better than how it. Took
0: oh my out. God, he got so lucky with that. Yeah, because that's when I was. Uh, at the beginning of this thing where i was telling like Jennifer should just been like cool put me in handcuffs to get me the fuck out of here like go like let's go let's uh, you know i'm that would have been a, a thing for me to just you
1: know let, don't even fight it yeah
0: yeah don't fight it get in there and like cuz you got a lot of explaining to do anyways for real so i mean that's all you have to say i mean cuz they had there was no motive at all besides besides Craig.
1: Craig was the one with the most clear-cut motive. Yeah. Bill's motive was he just loved that store so damn much.
0: Which is the <laughs> which is the fucking on the poster. The
1: tagline is like he really loved that store or something like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, or it's like yeah, he really loves that store and
1: Yeah, yeah. so he 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 was slight he spent his entire Basically, since he was old enough to work, he'd been working in that store. And he told a story about how he started out as, like, a bad boy, worked his way up, and became a, co- a co-owner. He was a 49% owner in that store.
0: Oh, it's, he's just crazy about that story. That store. was it.
1: Um, but that was his story was that, and he was talking about how sad he was that Danny was deciding to kill it, to, to sell it. And he didn't have any say in it because he was not the majority owner. And whatever the majority owner wants to do, you, you're kind of beholden to that. So his thing was, well, instead of letting the ship get sold, he was going to tank it so that nobody would want Why? it.
0: The thing about Bill I love, though, was he he set it up that he had an agenda, but then he liked the agenda way too much so, and he yeah. and he couldn't stop. And that was something cool because I was like, a little part of me was like if he would have just killed Danny,
1: he would have become the majority owner.
0: And then he wouldn't have had to sell the thing. All those people wouldn't have had to lose their jobs or any of that. And he was very buddy buddy with them the whole time. I think
1: part of the the flaw in that would be it would be if it was just Danny, it could have very easily come back to him. Oh,
0: he would have been pinned the He'd whole been time. fucked. Yeah.
1: He would have lost that store anyway because his ass would have gone to jail.
0: But he could have also done the, you know, done the setup for Craig because that shit happened earlier on in the night and it could have been like, oh, like he... But the- Craig
1: wouldn't have had a reason to kill him. So, they're, unless they somehow forced a reason, it yeah. wouldn't have worked. So, the only way for Bill's plan to work was to make the store so undesirable because there was a fucking killing spree and having a jilted boyfriend yeah. was... Because you see news headlines like that all the time. Where it's like, oh, uh, ex-lover got jealous, murdered ex-girlfriend and, and her entire family. Or he went O.J. Simpson on him and was yeah. like the, the ex-wife and the new boyfriend or whatever. So... Allegedly. He- <laughs> a book about it.
0: Just kidding.
1: If I did kill her, <laughs> wink.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so... The, the only way, that's the only way the plan would have worked is that now that there was a killing spree through that store, the only person who would want it would be Bill. Yeah. Like the town, because they were going to sell it off to the city or to one of like the national brands or whatever. And, but that, they would have been like, nope, PR nightmare. I'm out. And he could have kept the store.
0: Yeah, but that was the thing is I like that he did set that up where he was just like, well, I was just going to kill Danny, but I just liked it but way this too is,
1: much. This is the rare instance where the villain literally gets away with it. Yeah. His plan worked out. the The ending didn't quite work out, I'm sure, the way it looked in his head, but it worked out. Like, the scapegoat worked out. No one's gonna want that fucking store. He's now the majority owner after his wounds heal up, assuming he's still alive at the end of the whole thing. Yeah, um, that's the biggest risk of all. Is like you could wind up dead, but barring that, like you're gonna come out smelling like a rose because no one's gonna fucking know. And um, yeah, so good good for Bill? <laughs> Question mark.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm pretty pretty satisfied with that. But um...
1: I yeah. I was kind of surprised myself. So what's your skull rating for this guy?
0: Um I ended up giving this one I was I gave it around a 3.6, but the more I thought about it, it's like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm just giving it a four.
1: Solid four? Yeah,
0: this thing is a solid four. Very enjoyable. Um the opening of the movie. Yikes, man! Like you guys took forever to get into it, but th- that
1: didn't bother me because the relationship the relationship stuff was cute.
0: Yeah, I mean that that was something where it's just it felt like it was just going on and on and on. But at the same time, once you really sat back and it's like, okay, this is a slasher movie. Almost every slasher movie does that. Um, I mean, you did have the scuffle in the the beginning with Craig that kind of got a- everyone amped up, uh. but that was something that. It was just, it was weird, but then yeah, once it got into it, you are like, you are in it. It's, it's fucking good.
1: Yeah, it's going. Um,
0: and it was like, and there was like a kill, like I mean, it like I, we as we said, it escalated up, and it got worse as it went on, but it kind of hap- happened more frequently, and so it kind of kept picking up steam up into the climax of it, and then having uh, you know, Dan, he was fucking great as the killer. Um, because he just got that crazy face and it's just very unsettling. And again, I like it where Bill. it is.
1: Oh, you mean you're talking about Dan Hicks, the actor?
0: Yeah, Dan Hicks. Uh, he He's great as Bill. And because he's got that crazy, crazy face and he has – he's just a man. I like it when there's slashers that are just normal people because it makes it – very believable where it, that that shit could happen it, it's it's a, a postman going postal as we you know as, as th- that shit happened many a moons ago so i mean that's just it, it could happen and you know with this uh, certain situation it was a very realistic situation too so yeah. i mean everything was was spot on i mean the the writing was was pretty solid on this one mm-hmm. like not not happen uh, not Not unhappy with it whatsoever.
1: Yeah, um, I gave this one a four as well. Oh, cool. Um, That, as far as scripts go, especially for a low-budget horror movie, this one was pretty watertight. Um, The Scott Spiegel and his writing partner really seemed to think everything through. And there really wasn't... There were probably a couple nitpicky things you could find, but the general overarching... Script was really solid. Um, And it was acted fairly well, too.
0: I mean, granted, it is just a a slasher movie, but at least you had a a point.
1: Yeah, but too many slasher movies up until this point were...
0: I'm just running through the woods.
1: Yeah, or it was just to make a buck, so it wasn't... We're not going to put a lot of thought into this because we're going to throw, like, half a million dollars at it and hope for the best. So, like, that's not to have and again because Sam Raimi is he's you know written horror movies before they all went to film school together like they all kind of have this similar sensibility for a slasher movie like it's a really well thought out really well paced slasher movie the motive makes sense it's not like when we talked about Valentine when we were kind of talking about how like Jeremy's motive was real petty it's because he got rejected at a middle school dance it's kind of like mm, get over it but like this one, his livelihood was being taken away. His entire life was being turned upside down. The one, he spent his entire life working and building up this store only to have, the to, in the end, realize there was no control at all. So if I can't have it, nobody can, and I'm gonna go out of my way to make it as undesirable a property as possible. So the murder spree ensues, and yeah, the people involved were technically innocent, but they, like, the victimhood is even worse because they were all on the verge of going on the unemployment line. They were going to have to go look for other jobs. So it's like, it kind of rubs the extra salt in where it's like, not only are you going to be unemployed, oh, I'm going to kill you the same night, too. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I, I totally agree with all that. <laughs> like, that is, yeah. that everything is So, so like, the, mo-
1: the, the motive makes sense, the kills make sense for where they were, the, the environment was utilized really well. Um, everything from the butcher's hook to the tools involved.
0: It, it just hit me. I'm sorry. So the guy with the eye uh, it is it's a it's a unknown person, but he used those body parts throughout the movie. Yeah. There was also uh, there was an, a
1: shrink wrapped foot.
0: The sh- it was a, it was the hand. Shrink wrapped hand in the, the the meat market area or like the the meat area. The shop area. And then um, I believe it was Tim when he was going around uh, because somebody was fucking with the cooler door. He went through and he, uh, uh, he went through what the bathroom. Dave? It was Dave. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. Yeah, he went through the bathroom and he saw the boots on the under the stall and then he opened up the door. And you could see it was just severed feet. So I was like, there was one person that was just dead and he's just been. Picking off body parts and placing them places. Yeah. So, so, yeah, very very good use was, of his was, materials.
1: Yeah, he was playing with the kill. So, again, it was using the environment and then using the environment to up the ante. Where it's like, well, what can I do? Um, that Nothing seemed like it was stagey. Like he had to move something from one room to another. It was whatever was available was what was going to work. What was that
0: shot with Sting? Do you remember that? Oh,
1: it was, yeah. Linda and Jennifer were talking about how Jennifer was freaking out because Craig is basically stalking her at this point. And Craig was in the, you could see him in the doorway behind her, like over her shoulder. Yeah. You see him through the glass. And Jennifer felt like someone was watching her. So she jumped and turned around and looked and there was a magazine cover <laughs> that had Sting's face on it. Like
0: from the police, like yeah. Sting. Yeah.
1: And uh, she was like, oh, I felt like someone was watching had, me. It like, face paint on,
0: and it was just, like, it's the crazy-ass thing. I was like, that
1: was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> but that was what that was, yeah. Um, so...
0: And, and isn't there, like, that's when the song...
1: Uh, no, nah, that was years before.
0: Was that years before? Every
1: breath you take was years before, but it was still pertinent because it was only a few years. Th-
0: ago. That's what I mean. It's like it kind of like ties in. It's like I'm, you know, I'll be watching you and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So it feels
1: like that's fucking great. More layers, <laughs> more shit. Awesome. I felt like someone was watching me with Sting's face. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't get that till just now. That's what I'm talking about.
0: I was like, I was watching I was like, oh, that's really funny. And then like, but like as we we're talking about, it, I was like, it just hit me. I was like, oh, I totally forgot about that. You gotta
1: part. you gotta marinate in it for a little while. But that's what i to
0: say. It's like, yeah, it's like fucking Sting's watching. Just, ah!
1: I felt like someone was watching me. i be watching you. Uh, Oh, oh yeah. The stalker and But
0: I'm I'm really happy that you know we both gave it a four. I I a little part of me was kind of waiting for it to be another one of those like two point eight, you know, kind of movies. No, but, this
1: was the surprising thing, was yeah, it was all of the slasher cliches set in a grocery store instead of a cabin in the woods, but they were the cliches were done so well. Yeah. And they were so well paced and thought out, like I was mentioning about the scripts that I kind of didn't care because it's not, everything's been done already. Everything has been done already. Everything can be considered a cliche at one point or another. However, it's how are you making those things work is what's really going to matter. So this movie gets a four because the script is excellent. It gets a four because it's actually fairly well acted, all things considered. Yeah. Um, except for like Stoner Bub. that one was a little.
0: Yeah, he was a little. Uh, yeah. I guess. But
1: he was also supposed to be like the Stoner guy, so it was kind of like, eh, okay, I guess we'll give that a pass. Um, the, oh, let me see what else. Was there. The, the special effects, because even though this is one of K and B's like first outings as a company, they had all been working individually for so long that combined they had enough. They had so much experience, especially where this is very anatomically driven. It's not like monster driven. It's body horror, essentially, Um, and people getting carved up. So that was done really well. And especially now that we all know, we didn't know then, but we know now that Greg Nicotero was was a pre-med student. and And plus apprenticing under Tom Savini, who was a Vietnam photographer, and he was really good with, how can i make this look real because i've seen the horror the scariest of the horrors over in vietnam um like it was the perfect storm to make this work and it actually kind of makes me sad now to know that the only reason this movie ended up the way it ended up is because of when it was released that's yeah. literally the biggest reason why like you can bitch about the bait and switch movie poster with the billing and whatever. Yeah. That's neither here nor there, I mean, ultimately. Yeah,
0: like, literally, like, uh, I mean, for our armchair, it's like, if I just had to make uh, any changes... It, it was would just literally like, just be that one. Just change Nicotero and Bruce Campbell with, you know, with Bob and, and Tim, and it, it would have been fine. Like, I mean, it made the movie even better than what it was. Yeah. So, I mean...
1: So, like, let's not... No. Like, let's let's just not... But nobody else was a name, so no. you do what you but can. But that,
0: that's, just, that's just nitpicky for nitpicky sake. It but, really I mean,
1: is. Yeah. But otherwise, like... This movie has a lot going for it. And if you're a fan of a slasher, especially, like, an intelligent slasher, this which it sounds like an oxymoron, this is it. Intruder's going to be it.
0: One of my other little favorite, like, scenes uh, with Bill is he's chasing Jennifer around, right? Mm. She runs down this one aisle, and Bill follows after her, and he sees, uh, like... Earlier on in the movie, when they're all like restocking things, like stuff keeps falling off the shelf, right? So he walks by one of the shelves, and there's something in the floor that fell off the shelf. He stops chasing Jennifer to, to pick it up and to clean it up, He's like oh, I'm just gotta make this all nice and tidy. And and then oh, back to murdering. Like you just—it's so good. And I, a little part of me is like, I almost wonder if that was meant to be or if that was like improv um yeah. you know it was just it's it just something that just kind of like of the moment kind of you know just type of thing and i was like that would have just made it even, even better but like there that this movie all in all is very smart yeah. it, it, was, it was simple but smart yeah and i mean and and i kind of go back to uh, Shaun of the Dead, because Edgar Wright and those guys did the same kind of thing. if you're not paying attention to one of the jokes, you're gonna miss it um, and it's
1: oh, for sure, you have to pay attention you know and
0: that and that's something where it's like it, even after like a couple more watches, like the like the sting thing, it's like if you know you have no idea what the song's about, you know that that he's famous for, you're probably gonna miss that little joke and, and there you go, so yeah. I mean. That's that's something that I, I really applaud them for this movie. And this is something that I would definitely rewatch And it would probably go in my collection for sure. like I mean Yeah, no,
1: this is definitely worth keeping. It's using. a good one. All right, so that's it for Intruder. And yeah. that's it for Slasher Month.
0: Yeah, I th- I'm glad we went on a high note for that yeah, one.
1: Yeah, I think so too, considering things were a little meh for I think, most of the month.
0: I think most of the month it was all like almost three and under. Which is kind of a bummer. A little bit. <laughs> so, but that's what Why we Why do we
1: do this to ourselves? We did it last year, too. We kicked it off with, I know what you did last summer. Womp, womp. 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 <laughs> <sighs> anyway yeah. so yep slashers we're done for now we're moving on to uh, something else for the month of August we're gonna do killer creature features
0: yeah
1: um, we're gonna kick that off with Island of Lost Souls from 1932
0: that's gonna be cool
1: you ready to warm up the TARDIS
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> we're going we're going back back so I can't wait to do that one because it's uh, based off the island of Dr. Moreau from what I understand and I think Bela Lugosi's in it so this should be interesting. Um, but until next week, slash next month, um, join us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Slasher at Creeping It Real. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, do it, and we will drop in your favorite podcatcher every Tuesday. Um, if you want to email us with either a movie suggestion or if you'd like to sponsor an episode you can hit us up at creepingitreal.cm at gmail.com we
0: love our suggestions
1: we do we don't get enough of them and then um, do the merch thing if you want to do the merch thing creepingitreal.redbubble.com or hit the link in the Instagram bio and get yourself some sweet ass merch it is back to school season and sales are happening so take advantage to get either t-shirts or school supplies or if you're going into a college dorm because i know there's a few of you out there doing that get your home goods like i don't know just a suggestion like a real sweet creeping it real shower curtain
0: or bath mat you know just i mean it's the nice ones like the foam ones with the you know the squishy padding so when you when you take your your nice little poops you got a place for your feet so they all get all comfy yep yep
1: yep so good times all right. So until we venture off to our killer, our killer creature features, I have been Meg.
0: I have been Lunchbox.
1: And uh, it is five minutes till closing time, shoppers. Please come to the register with your purchases.